God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show, and I'm joined by Leonora Kovoda. Good morning, Hello. Scott. Hi. So, um, you know, there's a lot of news uh, that we're uh, following related to China. Uh, and <laughs> we're going to be getting into that. We're going to be getting into a lot of, um, a lot of different things. Um, also, this exploitation of the politicization of our military. I think that that is a, a problem. The uh, National Guard from Guam, uh, a U.S. territory, marched through the capital and decided to harass uh, our National Guard in uniform, <laughs> took time out of their duties. They never did this, you know, when it came to a liberal Right. They, they never did this. Um, if it was Casio-Cortez, for example, Casio-Cortez would say, I was afraid for my life. You know, I they had guns, and I don't know what they were doing. You know, and then the media would uh, chime in on that mm. and see it their way. It's uh, fake news. And now our military is being politicized. And we have the... Uh, Secretary of Defense Austin, um, General Austin, and you know it's just um, they they have no problem with keeping the military in Washington D.C. when there's absolutely no reason to. So it's almost like you know uh, a, a communist tyrannical regime that rigs an election. And then says we're not going. We're going to serve, <laughs> and then we're not going to see the people. I mean, we flipped our country upside down. No longer is the con- it, our our congressmen serving the people. They're not serving the people. They're acting more like aristocrats, like they belong there, like it's their job, and nobody should ever take it away. That's why they certainly, call it the swamp. Certainly not the people that were voting. So they rigged the election. There's no doubt about it. That the election was rigged. 
that the people that are in power shouldn't be in power. And it's evidence, not just from what we've seen throughout the battleground states that we know where there was fraud, but it's evidence in the way they behave. It's evidence in the way they act. They act like we're stupid. They act like we can't read body language. Look, I know a dummy when I see one. And Nancy Pelosi has it written all over her face. Yet she's a very powerful dummy and has been a generationally powerful dummy. Yeah, but anybody could do that if they're uh, part of a one-party system in California. Well, it's a one-party system. Where the Republican Party has never had a chance. And by the way, that's what's happening in Philadelphia. We were members of the Philadelphia... Now, I only bring it up because that's where we used to live. And we were members of the Philadelphia GOP. And I can tell you firsthand, it was a one-party town. Well, in fact, one of the names of the groups was called the Loyal Opposition because right. of that very reason. Right. I mean, you know, we know Jim Kenney kind of like a little bit personally. No, I, I, I know and, him a couple different ways. Right. And and I've I've actually been at a bar Drinking with him, like rubbing my elbow, like I mean, he's elbows touching my elbow. I worked right? on I worked on some events with him, so I, and, I know him that way. And um, and I'm just saying that uh, the guy would f- polish off a bottle, and they would take good care of him. And then after he got elected as mayor, I said to a buddy of mine, I said, "Watch." I said, "We're going to walk by Ray Street Cafe, and you watch. There'll be uh, Jim Kenny will be there. He's there every night." And sure enough. He was the mayor apparent, right? Not the the heir apparent to the mayor apparent, right? <laughs> right. Because um, it was like mayor elect or something like that. And sure enough, he had the security detail, the two black suburbans lined up outside of Ray Street mm-hmm. Cafe yeah. uh, on 2nd Street and Race. Uh, and that's where he was. Sure enough, we walked in. There he was right in the middle of the bar with his mistress and a couple of his buddies. But that's the way it's done. In Philadelphia. Uh, I, I don't think there was a mayor that didn't have a mistress in Philadelphia. Well, you, you remember when we found, we went to that place that was kind of like a speakeasy, and then you went yeah. downstairs, and that yeah. was and where the former Mayor Nutter yeah, hung out. Mar- mayor Nutter. And Mayor Nutter was with his mistress right. in this basement, basement speakeasy yep. uh, on one of these alley bars. I'm telling you, folks, this is the way it is. In real life, it's the way it is. It's it's a one-party town. You know, I can tell you that I used to do business with um, an oil broker, big-time oil broker, and he was friends with the head of Kazakhstan. And, uh, well, not just friends. He was a s- acting secretary of uh, something. He was, a new, he was a California guy that lived in New York City, had a big house in Mamaroneck, and basically, was they wrote a book about him, made a movie about him, Syriana. Um, and this guy, uh, basically, you walk in his office, and he's on the cover of Business Week. He's got a picture of him and George W. Bush. I mean, George Herbert Walker Bush. And George Herbert Walker Bush is in his robe. And I was like, okay, this is some serious business. And there was a picture of Nazarbayev up on the wall. And any oil company that wanted to drill for oil in Kazakhstan basically had to go through this guy. He had a Bentley and a private driver. He had mistresses in both countries. And when the Kazakhstan contingent would come to town for some global event, they would set up at the Waldorf Astoria, one of the most expensive hotels, 
red carpet treatment, and I would see these third world warlords come out of these limousines with women strapped on both arms walking into these places. I saw it with my own eyes. How did I do it? I was an IT guy. I was an IT guy setting up networks for all this stuff. <laughs> you know, I was a lowly IT guy. Well, but, you know, the, lo- but, the IT guys know everything. Yeah, no, we did. Yeah, I mean, no, I think there's some truth to that. It's <laughs> no, like the doormen. The doormen know yeah, everything. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I was a, maybe a step up from the doormen. No, you're but, a step up from but um, the person who gets into the infrastructure knows everything. Yeah, and so I, was, I had access to all kinds of stuff. Um, but, you know, here's the deal. So one of their biggest expenses, because I actually got to be good friends with the administrative assistant, who was also his mistress, um, and this story is beginning to sound like a soap opera. <laughs> and and uh, showed me his American Express bill. It was seventy thousand dollars a month. <laughs> he he had enough bonus points to where he could buy just about anything. Uh, he buy a whole living room set, and he didn't even know it, right? Um, but in addition to that, they would book flights on the Concorde at the time. That's going how far back it was, and it would be twenty thousand dollar air tickets just to go from Paris to London to New York uh, flying the Concorde first class. Well, Concorde was all, all first class. But the the reason why I bring it up is, you know, even when the Kazakhs would come to town, one of their biggest expenses was buying escorts uh, girls. And not, not, not sex traffic, but, you know... Escorts, just, yeah. Yeah, for these, these diplomats that would uh, need a date... And they would be a thousand a night, and uh, you know it's, it was that kind of thing that goes on. And you'd be surprised that the people that were dealing with Jim and Nazarbayev are the politicians you know. They are the people that, when they get up on the, um, they wear their little flag pin on their lapel, and they smile, and they always kind of not point with their index finger, but they tuck their index finger in, and they they talk nicely to the people, and they. Try to act like Lindsey Graham. You know, I'm just from South Carolina. You know, that kind of thing. But turns out, no. No, you're not just from South Carolina. You're, you're in Latvia and Lithuania, too. And you're in Montenegro. And you're in Syria. And you're dealing with terrorists. And you're dealing with oil. And you're dealing with guns. And you're working across the aisle with people like Amy Klobuchar. And you're hanging out with Poroshenko and the Ukrainian army on New Year's Eve... And I, I have pictures to prove it. This is a slimy business that we're in here in D.C. This business of politics is just so corrupt. And now we got chaos on the southern border. Uh, chaos that was sowed by, I mean, it was everything was fine. Trump actually had China brought to their knees, was doing phase one, phase two, tariffs, uh, as a as a hammer, and said, if you want me to lift the tariffs um, and avoid sanctions against you, you'll go ahead and su- sign this contract. And they signed the contract, and they made that pain go away. And now all of a sudden, I g- get up today, and I, I read the, an article that says, guess what? This trade deal that was going to happen between China and UK and the United States probably won't happen until at least 2024. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But I do know this, that it's a bad thing that China got away with murder and they got away with a trade deal. 
They got away with murder because they killed about a million people with their negligence or their malicious attack using a bioweapon called Wuhan virus and launched it on the world so that they could dominate economically and they could um, uh, rig the American election and overthrow a country like the United States. And the people that actually were the benefactors of it the radical left who hate America, and we know it because we see the kind of people that they're nominating for cabinet positions, like that woman we talked about yesterday, right? Uh, what was her name? The um, Indian woman? Oh, yeah. Well, um, her name is Deb Hagland. Yeah, and Deb she's, Hagland. Been, she's been confirmed. And she just thinks all of America, uh, okay, she, has, she was confirmed? Yeah, yeah. See, I don't even follow the Biden administration that much. And, I just and she's read, one of your people. No, no, no. She's not. She's an Indian from India. No, she's a Native American. She's a Native. Oh, oh no, no. The woman we talked about yesterday uh, was not confirmed. I was uh, no. When you said that, I was the uh, the this. The, you're right. talking about. You're, uh, have to you're talking yourself. about Gupta. Gupta. Who, she has not been confirmed. Gupta. Yeah, right. she's controversial. I'm sorry, I got confused. I was thinking of Deb ha- Hasland, the Hallen, the um, Democrat from New Mexico, who's the first Native American who was confirmed as the Secretary of uh, the Interior. Okay. All right. But yes, uh, you, that, no wonder you look confused uh, when I said your people. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, the point is... That's why saying is, things is like this, your this, woman uh, is a good This woman was being nominated and she hates Americans. She thinks all Americans are racist. And she wants to serve you. Why does she want to serve you? Because she likes you so much? She thinks you're a racist? No, she wants to make it make you better. She wants to change you. And she wants you to think more like her. See, that's what it's all about. Venita Gupta. So, you know, I probably have heard her name more than I ever needed to because, uh, you know, she's a downright disgusting loser. I mean, in terms of thinking that all Americans are racist is ridiculous. Well, she made a gross generalization. Someone like Joe Biden is going to nominate someone like that. I think it's ridiculous. But, you know, we have this these cartels on the border that are happy. We have the Chinese now that have kicked the can down the road, they were getting crushed by phase one, phase two, but they came out with COVID, overthrew an impossible uh, election. I mean, an election where Trump, no way Trump would have ever lost. But they were able to rig it through this mail-in balloting system, Matic approach to fraud. And... uh, and they were able to do it. There's no way that Joe Biden got 81 million votes. There's no way. The guy is three sheets to the wind, out the lunch. I mean, the guy is not all there. And it's obvious. It's obvious who the sharpest dude in the room was. But, you know, Trump's legacy left behind a lot of really great wins. A lot of great wins. And we're going to probably do more winning. So... um so the issue is is that China is getting away with murder. I, I call China terrorists. And I say that they are a terrorist group. Uh, they are a terrorist outfit that has uh, a huge population. The one thing I said with Brent Hamachek last week was that they were able to harness that 1.4 billion man population. And they were able to harness that and, and, and use it effectively as a slave labor tool to uh, support 
the world's manufacturing needs. And they were able to parlay that into the cheapest gig in town. But what price does that come at? The same people that are advocating for $15 an hour that say people should be able to have live with dignity could give two whatevers to the Chinese 12-year-old that's working 18 hours a day. And I think that that's insane that we you know, have the nerve to uh, act like we're the most humane party in, in, in the United States when they're exactly the opposite. This, they, they pull the same stunt with every single category, whether it's climate change. They would rather see India and China get the oil and the pipelines and the refineries and prosper than to see American workers get those jobs. And we would be able to regulate ourselves much better and more effectively than we ever could with the Chinese, who have probably the biggest uh, uh, carbon footprint in terms of pollution on the world's, uh, on the globe, than any other country. Mexico is another offender. India is another offender. The United States is one of the cleanest countries in the world, and yet we're being denied fossil fuel energy jobs that could put middle class back to work. And then they compound it by not doing trade deals that could keep manufacturing in our country and then believe me when I tell you that these open borders have so many negatives to them. The open borders allow for goods and services to come through the border. Goods and services. Services in, in the form of slave labor, but goods also, where they don't have to pay any kind of tariff or anything. They just come in and they enter and the people buy, uh, store owners buy this, the products off the back of a truck. And they sell them. And so the idea is, is that um, we're getting gypped. But the cartels are getting rich, and the cartel lobbyists are making the politicians rich. Uh, and so it's, it's a bad, uh, you know, vicious cycle. But we've, we've, you know, I don't know what concerns me the most. I, China being a terrorist group where we're throwing a blind eye, I mean, the world stage ought to be doing sanctions against China. Now, I did read a report yesterday that suggested that the Chinese economy is, they had surprisingly no, not low numbers, and that maybe they're seeing a, a little correction, or maybe, you know, China's one of those countries where if you played it right, you could bring them to their knees. They are, they're a uh, house of cards built on sand. They are on stilts. They're top-heavy. Their government is in control of everything. But if the people, if the government doesn't have the business, then the people get uh, collapse. It's, it's a calamity. But the cherry on top for China is that they got to rig the Hong Kong elections. And we did nothing about it. We did nothing about their 2,850-to-zero vote that says they get to rig the Hong Kong elections. How in the world can you have 2,850 people voting and zero vote right. the other way? That tells me that the issue that was in play that helps China over Hong Kong 
that tells me that uh, that 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 somehow there was no uh, defense, there was no opposition to that bill, whatever that was. It was it was designed to basically control the Hong Kong elections. And again, um, the same thing is is true in uh, UK. Boris Johnson right now is fighting tooth and nail to try to deport the illegal migrants in the UK. But you get people like the uh, Mayor Khan from London that want nothing more than to bring terrorism into their country and, and bring slave labor markets into their country. And again, they have the same issue there. It's just smaller scale. But they have the same issue, and they're blocking, by way of legalese, they're blocking uh, the ability for them to litigate uh, effectively to deport these people out of their country that are in their country illegally. What? Co- why is this happening? Why? Why is it okay for illegals to break the law and to just get to stay? When did this happen? And, and this, this is never used to be unfair. this way back in the forties, fifties, and sixties, well, and seventies, and eighties. People took pride it, in becoming an American. You also have to remember, people took pride in becoming an American citizen. They took pride in their journey here. They took pride in taking the test, going to the swearing-in ceremony, all those types right. of things. Now, in fact, I had and a conversation kind of with somebody who did that America recently, was built on. and you know, she studied Migration. really hard to get to get to pass the test. And I, you know, but now when you think okay, the doors are just open, just walk on in. They're, they're going to give you this, they're going to give you that. The The lack of pride, the lack of sense in your own personal accomplishment is gone. There's, it becomes a sense of entitlement, which is very similar to what you see happening when people are on these uh, social welfare programs for perpetuity. Well, and I don't know. I mean, I think it's, uh, I think it's slave labor that they're being exploited Absolutely. for slave labor. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. But I also think it's election fraud. So I wrote something in response to this yesterday, uh, today, actually, this morning. And I, um, I said, you know, how is it any different? I- importing these poor souls who may or may not have COVID through our open, porous borders, infecting our southern region of our United States... We, we, you know, there, there's no checks and balances for the people that are crossing those borders. They got those stupid, dirty masks on that don't work, and they open them up so that you know these people can get the can work for less than minimum wage and get paid under the table. And they take the money and they send it back. Mexico is happy because it stimulates their economy to a certain degree. People that weren't working are now working. And the money that's going back to the country of Mexico gets spent and stimulates their economy, right? That's one. There's so many ways you can look at this. The politicians are getting paid by the lobbyists that support these illegal groups in terms of these coyotes and these cartels. And then the drug trafficking uh, has so much money associated with it, whether it's fentanyl, heroin, Maybe not pot so, as much, but mm-hmm. cocaine definitely. Maybe not pot so much because the legalization of pot maybe may have hurt that business. But the problem is is uh, compounded 
because it's not just it's not just um, the exploitation of of uh, workers, but it's illegal voters too, and so that's the that's the issue. I mean, the issue is uh, is is plenty, and I, I want to get to a couple of things here in terms of um, in terms of uh, some some of the posts that I I posted today. And, uh, yeah, so, um, you know, again, we're still continuing to talk about the border and uh, the crisis that's happening while, you, while you're looking for your posts and how it has increased uh, 61% since uh, Trump left office. And part of the reason why it's increased is the word has gotten out that there's open arms. You can just come right in. And that and that's very dangerous for our country. And one of the things that we're going to be talking about with Bugle Call is we're going to be talking about national security. No. We're going to be talking about solidifying our borders. And obviously, we're going to be yeah. talking about immigration reform yeah. and, immigra- and and you know uh, jobs for Americans and legal immigrants. Right. Here's the post I wrote. Now, I lost one one I lost in my my head uh, the one one other part component of what I was talking about. Okay, and here it is. I said this. It was uh, the story was written. Uh, it's posted over at magapack.org right now. But it's a uh, Boris government claims new law will stop lawyers uh, from blocking deportations. Okay, so I took that article and I thought about it and I wrote, even Boris Johnson in the UK is battling with liberal blocking of deportations for illegal migrants who have broken UK laws. It's, is the motivating factor election fraud or exploitation of emergency slave labor markets? It's both, actually, and not much different. Now, here's the, di- here's the different wrinkle that you'll hear that, that, that I think is interesting. It's not much different than when the way Democrats use Black Lives Matter and Antifa activists as they as their slaves in the streets to drum up donations in exchange for blood, fire, mayhem, pulling statues down, setting buildings on fire, fire. Uh, lying about hands up, don't shoot, causing racial division. Yeah, and uh, the people that were in play. To help that uh, organization, uh, organized effort, was the mainstream media standing in front of a fire build, uh, a building on fire, saying, "There's no chaos. There's no. It's peaceful demonstration." And you know, I right? this harkens back to the Mike, Michael Brown. This is well, that's oh, when this all started. Well, well, and then and then the Michael Brown part, hands up, don't shoot, didn't happen, uh, and it's okay to somehow pull down, down these statues. Without any kind of discussion, um, and so all of that, you know, is just basically gaslighting the average working Joe in America. That's basically looking at this and saying, "If I did that, I would be thrown in jail, yeah, and I'd lose my job." Yeah, these people are are making money. They're flying all over the place, yeah, creating mayhem. Who's financing them? Who's bailing them out? Well, Kamala Harris was bailing them out. And Antifa.com used to go to JoeBiden.com. Now it goes to some other entity. They're, it's all part of the government. The, 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 literally, the liberal government is actually financing these groups that hate America. Yeah. Like Black Lives Matter. You can't tell me that group doesn't hate America. Yeah. They do. 
They hate America. Yet, you know, Muriel Bowser, the like one of the dumbest mayors on the planet, you know, would literally spend taxpayer dollars to paint Black Lives Matter all the way down Pennsylvania Avenue or down down Pennsylvania Avenue straight to the White House to try to and to somehow think that, that that juvenile act is going to actually impress Trump one way or the other, President Trump. Well, it didn't impress and, Trump, but it impressed a lot of businesses who decided to put it on their businesses too, just as a way of protection. Well, and then, yeah, but then um, Black Lives Matter, uh, Mer- not to be outdone, de Blasio in New York, another socialist, self-proclaimed socialist, mind you, yes. Big Bird de Blasio, Decides to paint Black Lives Matter in front of, on Fifth Avenue, in front of Trump Tower. And for what reason? And it's just sheer division, antagonism. And he did it with taxpayer dollars. That's the kicker. And he did it without without uh, MAGA being allowed to answer. Make America Great Again was not allowed to respond. They didn't get a green light for their message. So it's just, it's a double whammy. I said this, I said, Biden has extended relief for China by allowing them to avoid a trade deal that could only improve an American position because we couldn't do worse without the Trump hard-hitting phase one, phase two deals and created chaos along our southern border with an unprecedented migrant crisis that helped the rich while crushing low-skilled labor jobs and middle-class manufacturing jobs. And now we see another crisis emerging in Syria and soon throughout the Middle East. Well, I'm responding there to a post over on Bugle Call right now, buglecall.org. It says, Syrian president decrees financial stimulus amid crisis. So the Syrian president is trying to uh, put out uh, some financial, speaking of financial stimulus, I just got a note from my bank that said somehow uh, expect it. You, you might be seeing a wire transfer that's going to be marked pending like in the next 24 to 48 hours. Oh. So I don't know what that means. I just got a notice about that. I said this and uh, related to Ashley Babbitt, uh, Capitol riot shooting death shrouded in mystery or secrecy. Two months after a U.S. Capitol police officer shot and killed unarmed Air Force veteran Ashley Babbitt during the January 6th riot, the circumstances surrounding the shooting and the name of the officer who pulled the trigger remain shrouded in mystery. And... um, and then here's uh, Tucker Carlson talking about censorship. Um, by the way, this is kind of a good news story. Breaking the Vatican decrees that the Catholic Church cannot bless same-sex unions since God cannot bless sin. I, I, I kind of thought that well, was... Well, uh, it's consistent because the because the church does not accept the union now the church accepts all i mean the religion accepts all people but there is a difference between accepting all people and accepting a same sex union right so um this was an interesting thing about tucker tucker's been in the news okay and the military politicized uh and we're going to get to more of the our military being politicized here in a second 
But this is uh, related to Tucker. This is kind of what, what, this is all part of it. So let's take a listen. Well, well, that's not the right way to do it. So here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Very first target. Well, well, it was quite an experience yesterday being the very first target in the Pentagon's new Operation Silence the Talk Show hosts. Friends called us in concern. Are you guys all right? And for a minute, we'll concede we were almost rattled. Then we realized if the woke generals treat us like they've treated the Taliban, we'll be fine. 20 years later, the Taliban are still here. Maybe we ought to promise the Pentagon that we'll get rid of traditional gender roles on this show, change the pronouns, defeat the patriarchy, and all that. Then they'd send us billions in unmarked $100 bills as a reward. They've certainly done that before. And that might really kickstart our struggling opium poppy business. Something to think about. Anyway, we're fine. So thank you for the concern. Open the borders, <laughs> uh, show a friendly uh, hand to the uh, poppy seed uh, manufacturers, heroin. Yeah, well, and while well, we have a major opiate problem in this country. Yeah, and, right. and, uh, and then we want to open the borders and go light on the Taliban who's making the heroin. Yeah. And, uh, and meanwhile, the military is censoring uh, people like Tucker Carlson and, and, and others. Uh, they're going after Republican, um, uh, Republican uh, Congresswoman uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene because she made a, she made a misstatement. She made a misstatement about Guam. Well, it's not the. There's a lot worse misstatements than than Guam, and we're going to show them to you here in a second. But you know, this military thing, this is exactly what Obama did. What we're seeing in the Biden era here is Obama 2.0, and you just know. I mean, somebody said it yesterday, calling in. But it's, it's, it's Obama pulling the strings. Biden uh, and Obama's controlling a lot of really smart but devilish people. I mean, you know, I mean, the, the adversary, look, let's face it. Mark Elias is a scumbag, but he's a super smart scumbag. Mm-hmm. And so is David, uh, Mark Zaid, the Eric Sierra Mella's attorney. These people were able to pull off um, election fraud to the nth degree, these people were able to uh, hide the Russian hoax. These people were able to impeach uh, President Trump twice. You know, they are coordinated. They stick together. And that's one of the things, you know, somebody wrote me, uh, wrote to me at MAGAPAC. Mm -hmm. And they said, uh, how are you going to do it? You know, I'm going to actually read that email and it's, uh, um, yeah, I'm going to read this email real quick. It's, it's kind of interesting um, because what I said was, was so true. Uh, but uh, I'm, going to, I'm literally going into my email, and I'm going to read this email that was sent in. I think it was this one. Let's see. So this person writes, um, how do we get... How do we get Trump back? And when is he going to be able to connect with us? Okay. So how do, she said it like that. She said, how do we get him back? And when is he going to be able to get connect with us? She, that's all she wrote. Yeah. And um, her name's Mama, uh, nickname is Mama Bearcat. 
Oh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's another name associated with the email. I'm gonna, it's, it's a woman, though. And um, so I said, the way we get Trump back is to fix the problems we can control to make it easier to fix the problems we can't control. Primary out of the uh, out of office rhinos and creative positive change within the top ranks of the GOP are winnable battles. Uh, let's see, I said this: primary primarying out of of office rhinos and creating positive change within the top ranks of the GOP are winnable battles. They're winnable battles that will unite a divided party such as the Republican Party, whose newfound strength. We'll beat the Democrats if we succeed at this. We'll be stronger. We'll be more united. And if we are stronger and more united, we could beat the Democrats. And we could drain the swamp. We need to replace the donkeys, rhinos, and elephants. And we need to replace them with the lion. Yeah. And that's what I said. Um, I thought that was actually um, pretty much in line with what we do on this show every day, I think. Uh, we, we fight the good fight, and we try to make a difference. Um, so I have a couple more um, audio clips that I want to share with our audience. And uh, let's see. I also said, U.S. cannot effectively deal with the China terrorists without tariffs. As much as the world's globalists, human rights venues cannot stop China's human rights violations and genocidal Wuhan virus attacks against the world population without sanctions. So we need tariffs as much as the world needs sanctions to punish the Chinese terrorists who launched the Wuhan virus and committed genocide, killing millions of people worldwide, devastating economies and rigging elections. That's China. That's what China did. And until we stop, you know, I'm so sick and tired of engaging in this debate, talking about masks and not masks and all this other BS. We should be talking about China and what an evil country China is. China has administered over 65 million doses of coronavirus vaccine to its citizens amid plans to immunize up to 80% of its entire population of 1.4 billion. Now, here's the interesting part about that is there um, are two countries Mm -hmm. that decided they're not uh, Vietnam. I think it was Vietnam and uh, I, I, I forget the two countries, but there there is a number of countries actually. Like I know the United States is not going to accept any any Chinese virus vaccine. So it's interesting that their their vaccines are considered to be less, you know, less less than quality. Um, and I don't think vaccines are, yeah, I think they have formaldehyde in them. I think that they are have been used for population control. One of these days, maybe this week, we'll play that Bill Gates clip again. Yeah, we should do There's that. There's two clips, actually. One where he says he made $200 billion on a $10 billion investment, a 20 to 1 return on investment. Yeah. He said that. And then secondly, he talked about population control. And we got him on tape. All right, so Mittens, Mittens Romney... Yes. Uh, is suggesting that we actually boycott the Beijing yeah. Olympics. Oh, I'm going to get tough with China. Yeah, well, well that's, that somehow doesn't sound like a good idea to me. 
I said the U.S. should change the venue away from Beijing, but not boycott the Olympics. These young men and women put too much hard work into their lifelong dream. Uh, I thought it was a bad idea when Carter did it, and I was 12 years old. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, and uh, that that's just not a good idea. And then there was another, I think, somewhat boycott uh, back in 2000, I think it was, or... Or I think that was related to 9-11, though. Uh, maybe that was different. But um, but boycotts are generally not a good idea. Uh, I said here, there are no, no, numerous, numerous reports of the U.S. military engaging in recent political activity that has raised some eyebrows. Many are wondering what is going on, and there's likely an alarming reason. And it says, considering the specific examples over the past few years, I would argue that the Democrats are positioning for use of the military in a violation of U.S. law. That was written by the conservative Treehouse and and, uh, Sundance. And that's posted over on MAGAPAC.org. McCarthy called the politicization of the military to stop now. He's called for the politicization of the military to stop now after a series of political controversies. Well, Tucker Carlson, we played that one. That would be one. And I do see a caller. We will take that in, in, in a moment. Um, religious freedom uh, uh, advocate celebrates big wins for constitutional rights at Penn. Uh, that's not the right. Yeah, okay. That's just a different headline. I, I read the wrong headline. All right, I want to I want to play this. Okay, so this is the National Guard, uh, Guam Representative Michael F. Q. San Nicholas, and members of the Guam National Guard visited the office of Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene after she falsely called the U.S. Tor- territory a foreign land. So, what impressed me about this audio is how gracious and nice. Marjorie Taylor Greene's staff was. Now, they know why they were there. Right. Right? Now, if this was a liberal, they would be like, she's not here, get out, you know, leave, and, you know, whatever. This person uh, said Marjorie Taylor Greene was in the currently in, in an interview, literally as they spoke. Right. And addressed this uh, issue. So let's take a listen to this. Congressman San Nicholson escorted the Guam National Guard to pay a visit. So he was trying to be uh, agitating and and flippant about it. But was actually, uh, in my opinion, a real positive for Marjorie Taylor Greene's death. So they're showing Marjorie Taylor Greene her entering her door black. And now comes in this guy with a basket of stuff. I know it's a little bit of a music intro. And it's a photo op. And he walks in. And they think that they're going to gang up in, on uh, this office. Off the day. Right here. Hey, how's it going? I have my congressman from Guam here. Uh, one of the so they asked if they could come in? Sure. Come on in. You're welcome. 
it's the people's house. Right. Now you got these National Guardsmen taking photographs with their phones. So I would assume she'll be back in about 15, 20 minutes. Okay. I mean, you guys want to circle back? Yeah. Do you know how long she'll be back here after when she returns? Because we are also making some deliveries to leadership and capital. So I can't I can't speak to that. I think we're about to start the new round of votes. I'm right. not actually okay. we're about to start the new round of votes and stuff. So okay. um, can we just text your scheduler or email your scheduler? Just you can to, text me. I can, can you give me your number? Yeah. Or I can give you my card or whatever. I also have my, my Guam guardsmen that are out here on the deployment. They wanted to come over and say hello to you. Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sorry that you guys missed it. She's literally in an interview. She's coming back to the hill. We'd love to um, allow you guys to see her. Yeah, I think it'll be really great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But thank you so much for coming by. Where is y'all's office? We are actually in the same building. Sixth oh, floor. Yeah, okay. 1632. Love it, yeah. love it. I'm sorry, your name again? Taylor. Taylor, you want to come on and say hi? Just sure, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So guys, um, Congresswoman Green will probably be coming back in 20 minutes and we'll probably hey, circle you? back. This is Taylor, her uh, legislative director. She just wants to come on and say hi. Hi, hey, guys. Hey, hey, thank you guys so much for all that you do. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys for keeping us safe. Um, the Congresswoman should be back hopefully in the next 30 minutes or so, and I know that she would love to meet all of you and say hi and just tell you how much she appreciates the hard work that you guys So, you know, I said this. I said, if only... Uh, they would show as much attention to Ocasio-Cortez's ridiculous statements or Hank Johnson's assertion that Guam would tip over if overpopulated. Right. Um, so we have, um, we have uh, this clip here of Hank Johnson. Anderson Cooper. This is a uh, island. Very build up on the island of Guam. Here's Georgia Congressman Hank Johnson. Listen. It's the dumbest this thing I've ever a, heard. Uh, island that at its widest level is what 12 miles from shore to shore and at its smallest level uh, or smallest uh, uh, location it's uh, seven miles uh, between one shore and the other is that correct I don't have the exact uh, dimensions, but uh, to your point, sir, I think Guam is a small island. Very small island and about 24 miles, if I recall, long. So 20, 24 miles long, about 7 miles wide at the least widest uh, place on the island and about 20, about 12 miles wide. Uh, uh, on the widest part of the island and um, I don't know how many square miles that that is do you happen to know I don't have that uh, figure with me sir I can certainly supply it to you if you'd like yeah my, my fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and uh, and capsize. Uh, we don't anticipate that. I gotta say, I'm impressed with the Admiral uh, Robert Willard, who's head of the U.S. Pacific Fleet yeah. uh, for not. Is that the dumbest thing you've ever heard? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I mean, an island is like a mountain peak right. under the water. Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's not a boat. It's not yeah. float. It's not a flotilla. Right. You know. And uh, so that was kind of an interesting thing. And then we have one more before we take the caller. Uh, we have this one clip about uh, from Ocasio-Cortez. 
asked about the buildup in uh, the West Bank and in Israel. Uh, and here's her response. Support for, for uh, Palestinian rights. Use the term the occupation of Palestine. Mm. What did oh. you mean by that? Oh, um, I think it, what I meant is like the, the settlements that are increasing in, in some of these areas and, and places where, um, where Palestinians are experiencing uh, difficulty in access to uh, their housing and homes. Do you think you can expand on that? Yeah, I mean, I think I'd also just, I, I am not the expert on geopolitics on this issue. You know, <laughs> for me, I'm a firm believer in, uh, in finding a, a two-state solution in this issue. And um, I'm happy to sit down with leaders on both of, this ish- on both of these. For me, I just look at, at things through a human rights lens. And I may not use the right words. <laughs> I know this is a that's very, very honest. That's very honest. And you're going issue. to. I, mean, I think that's, you know, again. So that's another issue where, you know, like, so she made a mistake. That's not a mis- beyond mistake because she's it's basically saying. beyond mistake saying, because she does, has no idea what she's talking about. All, all um all Marjorie Taylor Greene said was Guam was a foreign country. She made a mistake. Instead of a territory, right? Yeah. I mean, that that is like such a minor mistake. Right. You know? Right. All right. So we're going to go ahead and take a caller. Caller, Julie, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. You know, when the lights go out on the moon, it could be falling to the ground any second. That's just like the the Guam tipping over. But uh, what I did want to say was the other last week when the RNC called me, and I told them that I didn't plan to give them any money soon. And I had given them quite a bit over the last election cycle. I won't get into that, but they got enough from me. Anyway, they said they called me a Democrat and hung up the phone on me. And that's what we're dealing with the RNC. So I just want people to be just a little wary of trusting them ever again, because if that's how they treat people who've given them well over $5,000, then... Well, you know, that's what that's exactly what we're what that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to hold them accountable. And the only way you can actually do it is if you can uh, expose, put a spotlight on them and expose them for the fraud that they are, because the GOP is a fraud. But to say, to, to you know, so but, to you know, the idea is, is that we can't pursue a third party. That would be handing power to the democrats for forever so we we're not what we want to do is we want to actually uh change the leadership within the gop to that which would support uh an america first policy agenda that would make america great again i mean that's exactly what we're about and that is not that is not ronna mcdaniel that is not. She is the wrong person for that exactly. job. I mean, who calls somebody else a Democrat to try and insult them? I mean, do you think we're dumb? Well, it's not just <laughs> it's that. Just they were. They had the. They had the stupidity of actually hiring CrowdStrike as their computer security system. CrowdStrike well, was directly involved. How many with the- elections in the RNC were also won 
by the same same fraud. So so is this why they don't want to do anything about the fraud because that's how they've won their elections, just like the Democrats. And then then this whole thing is a fraud. Well, we, we can even say. Oh, okay, let's let's close our, our country down, let's close our churches, let's close our schools. Okay, now we all have to wear masks. Is everybody dead yet? No, no, let's let's wear two masks. Are you dead yet? Yeah. Oh, no, 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 now we're going to decree that you have to wear three masks. Right. Are you guys dead yet? I mean, that's, yeah. that's what it's coming to. Right. And then they open the borders and they let everybody in so we could all die again. Right. Well, look, uh, we're running anyway. out of time, but thank you so much for... I um, know. Sorry to bug you. No, Sorry to bug all right, you. take care. Okay, have a nice day. Uh, you too. Yeah. Bye-bye. All right, so I read this headline here, too, um, and um, I see mainstream media losing their minds over Florida. You know what I read? What do you read? I see that as saying, you know, that uh, someone like Ronald McDaniel needs to speak up and say all... GOP states, run states, need to join Florida in that effort because uh, the mainstream media would really lose their minds if every conservative state, you know, practiced what they preached, right, and did the same thing. So that's, you know, one thing. They can't do it alone. No, they can't. Because they'll be cherry-picked and attacked, and they're, they're too small by themselves. But if you get, you know... 20 states to really engage and join arms and join hands with Florida and Texas. Well, you're seeing this a little bit with the attorney generals with some of the uh, red states. Is they're coming together on a number of issues? They came together on the China issue. They came Texas Supreme Court issue. The attorney generals. Yeah, that these with election fraud. Exactly. But here, I read this story here. Okay, watch. Uh, It says, 65-year-old woman violently arrested in Texas Bank of America for not wearing mask, despite mandate being lifted. Violently arrested. Yeah, but, you know, the point there is, again, I read that headline, and what I see is that likely would not have happened. Would not have happened if if it wasn't for the idea that, you know, if, if more... Like-minded individuals or states like South Dakota, Texas, and Florida who have taken the lead on this and opened up their states. You know, Dana White, for example, has been a great ambassador and leader, more than Ronald McDaniel has ever been. He said, we are back. Dana White leads the way, announces UFC 261 in Jacksonville, Florida, three title fights with full crowd, right? The more and more we do this, you know, people weren't dying off from the Trump rallies, and people certainly aren't dying off in, in homeless communities, and they're not dying off at the southern border. I think that there's enough precedent and enough information and data out there that suggests that what this draconian lockdown is all about is politics and politics Absolutely. alone. In any case, uh, it brings us to the end of our show. My name's Scott Adams. My name's Leonor Corvetta. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, right everybody.